0: for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. boyd were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. "Board," said the judge, and reaching up to his linen duster, he extracted a fresh handkerchief. It was not because there was any remarkable humor in the story that the man in the velveteen jacket was telling that we were affected so strongly, but because of his happy mannerism in telling it, and the lightness of our own dispositions. FOR HE TOLD IT WITH A QUAINTNESS OF EXPRESSION AND A LIGHTNESS OF TOUCH THAT LEFT NOTHING TO BE DESIRED BY THE HEARER, AND ALL OF US WERE IN A MIND TO BE TICKLED, AND HENCE WE RECEIVED THE REFLECTIONS OF HIS HUMOR AS WATER RECEIVES THE SKY, AND I HAVE OFTEN NOTED THAT THE HUMOR OF THE HUMORIST AND THAT OF THE AUDIENCE EQUALLY CONTRIBUTE TO THE LAUGHTER THAT ENSUES. BE THIS AS IT MAY, WE ALL LAUGHED WITH AN ABANDONMENT OF CHILDREN AT THE NARRATIVE HE WAS TELLING, and when he began again he did so with an even quicker movement and a livelier manner of expression if it were fiction he was narrating he had evidently begun to enjoy it as if it were real and if it were fact the original sadness of the event was now wholly obliterated by the mirthfulness of the recollection a happier man than i never breathed the morning air he resumed when i started across the country to visit the home of my betrothed I pictured to myself, as I swung along the country road, the joy of our meeting and the happiness of our future lives. I knew that the old doctor had a temper like a Turk, and that my beloved was impulsive, but I reflected with satisfaction that the one could not, in the order of nature, live forever, and that the earnest temperament of the other would doubtless be mollified by the softening influence of my example." My dog, to which I had already become attached, shared the buoyancy of my spirits. He fastened himself joyfully on to every calf that he met, and abbreviated the tail of every chicken he encountered. The whole country grew profane in his wake, and I knew that every shotgun was being loaded for his return. Happy in the excitement that he created, he distributed his favors on either side of the road with ingenious impartiality and hunted with equal zest the pigs in the meadows and the cats in the porches the dogs that limped into their kennels after he had passed were dazed with the quickness of their experience and i doubt not that the religious element of that section remembers to this day his advent as a visitation i shall never be able gentlemen to make you understand what happened even to me after years of reflection it remains a nightmare of wild sights and savage sounds a kaleidoscopic mixture of colors and forms a vision of a dreadful meeting and a more awful parting a meeting and a parting which from the circumstances of the case could never be repeated with fond anticipations i turned the corner in the road and suddenly stood within a few rods of the house and there gentlemen oh there was my fiancee waving her handkerchief to me while the old doctor seated in his gig was proudly showing off the paces of a half-broken four-year-old colt he had recently purchased impelled by feelings too strong to be restrained i swung my hat joyfully over my head and gave a cheerful halloo and rushed forward that infernal idiot of a dog hearing my cry seeing me swinging my hat and rushing down the road went for that prancing colt like a freckled meteor A colt saw him coming and gave a tremendous bound and as the dog went under him in a cloud of dust he opened two holes as big as a hat through the dashboard of the gig and then bolted down the road never did i see a horse and a dog lay themselves lower down to the ground each was running from a motive and each had an object in view under such favourable conditions their pace was terrific and both attended strictly to business the old doctor was standing up in the gig, his stubbly gray hair pointing toward the home he was leaving, pulling like a windlass at the reins, his linen duster flying behind him, and a stream of small bottles pouring out of each pocket. I stood hat in hand, aghast at the sight, but I swear to you, gentlemen, had I died for it the next minute, I could not have helped it laughing until the tears stood in my eyes. Suddenly, I looked at my betrothed and then nearly dropped. I saw by the look on her face that it was all up with me, that my world had stopped, that the sun would never more rise on the hills of my love. She thought I had set that miserable dog on the colt. She never opened her mouth, but silently went into the house. I followed. I spoke as a man naturally would in such circumstances. There was no haughtiness in my voice. She simply turned and looked at me gentlemen there was no love in her eyes not a trace then she said sir still i fought for my life wife and fortune were trembling in the balance i saw it i pleaded i knelt yes i knelt at her feet i poured out my vows i seized her unwilling hand i saw i was making headway she began to relent there was a chance a fighting chance as it were My heart bounded with hope gentlemen i should have won i give you my word i should have won by a close calculation of chances you can see i should have won when suddenly i heard a sound a sound i recognized and glancing toward the door there there stood that damnable dog and that wasn't the worst of it he was looking at something "'looking steadily and fixedly at something. "'With that coppery and unearthly look in his eyes "'I had grown to know so well. "'Involuntarily I followed the direction of his gaze, "'and, great Caesar's ghost, "'there under the centre-table I saw my fiancé's cat, "'a monstrous, masculine cat, "'as yellow as saffron and ugly as Satan. "'Gentlemen, you would like to know what followed?' i cannot tell you it was bedlam let loose in that beautiful home my betrothed gave one scream as a dog and cat met then fainted i managed to get her out of the room and into the hands of a servant at the other end of the house and then i went back and looked into the apartment THERE WAS NOTHING TO BE SEEN BUT REVOLVING REMNANTS OF FURNITURE AND AN ATMOSPHERE OF YELLOW AND BROWN WHICH OCCASIONALLY CONDENSED ITSELF IN THE CENTER AND THEN BROKE AGAIN INTO CONCENTRIC RINGS. BUT I KNEW WHAT WAS THERE, NEVERTHELESS. I KNEW THAT IN THAT YELLOW AND BROWN ATMOSPHERE THERE WERE TWO SEPARATE, INDIVIDUAL ENTITIES, AND THAT THEY WERE ANATOMICALLY HOSTILE AND CHEMICALLY OPPOSITE. That sooner or later those two entities would be resolved into their elements or would lie on that floor side by side dead and that there would be woe in that house and that it was no place for me to be found in after the old doctor had returned under such awful circumstances i left the house i never went back to it for the next morning i heard that the doctor had been brought home in a cart and that distributed resemblances to a cat had been collected and buried in the garden. No tidings reached me of my dog, and I believed him to be dead. But I was mistaken. I packed my valise, I started for the train with the feeling of a man who has lost all and to whom, therefore, no venture has the terror of a risk. I determined to leave the country forever and come west." for there I reflected if anywhere on earth, amid new scenes, pursuits, and companionship, I should be able to forget the miseries of the past or school myself to endurance. With these thoughts in my mind I hurried to the depot, for the whistle of the express had already sounded, and hastily paying for my tickets started for the platform. When, great heavens, what should I see but that irrepressible dog— Jauntily trotting across the village common with his eye open for adventure and evidently seeking his unfortunate master and this is the reason gentlemen why i gave up shooting and became an angler at the closing word the signal sounded the train stopped under a strong application of the brakes on the banks of a magnificent stream which tumbled down from the mountains in a succession of jumps into wide deep pools keep the trout exclaimed the man gaily as he swung himself down from the railing and landed amid wild flowers that bloomed as high as his waist keep the trout for your larder i shall duplicate the string before evening give us your card yelled the judge as the train started and he flung his own pasteboard upon the track give us your card how shall i know where to find you next summer i haven't any card returned the stranger calling pleasantly to us as the train receded but come next year to the Nipigon and bring all your friends and you'll find the man in the velveteen jacket on one of the pools End of chapter five